does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Zach Keefer going to join us here in a few. Uh, he did a mock draft with his fellow athletic scribes and actually had the Colts trading up. So that'll be something to chat about with Zach. For those curious, the last six picks at number four overall, honestly, probably the best one is the one that was just taken. That would have been Sauce Gardner, cornerback for the Jets. You had Kyle Pitts to the Falcons. Andrew Thomas has been a great selection offensive tackle for the Giants. Uh, Cleland Farrell, a massive bust by the Raiders. Jake, that's a Clemson dude that I feel like when he was taken, everyone was like, what? That high? Totally. Well, he was in a defensive line with Dexter Lawrence, Christian um, Christian Watkins. Uh, I'm trying to think of who the other one was. And and it was like he, he was seen as like the the third or fourth of the four. And then they took John Gruden reached for him at, at in the top five, and even Clemson fans were like, "Wait, hold on, what?" Yeah, that yeah. was the start of like the Mayotte Gruden. What's going on here? Yeah, uh, Denzel Ward in 2018. I'll never forget the Colts' um, loud screams when Denzel Ward was taken at four, because that meant that they would be getting Quentin Nelson at six. Quentin Nelson, or I forget who went five that year. Was it Bradley Chubb? Uh, knowing they'd get one of them. Uh, Ward's been, you know, decent for the Browns. And then Leonard Fournette. So running backs just don't go that high anymore. At least uh, the thought is B. John Robinson will not be going that high. All right, Zach Kiefer from The Athletic joins us now on the Payless Slickers hotline. Zach, did I see a little trade-up out of you in The Athletic mock draft? Yeah, I think if, if, you know, I think we all can agree the draft really starts at two tonight. And if C.J. Stroud makes it past two, I think the Colts need to have a conversation. I don't know if they have C.J. Stroud ahead of Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. That's what we're going to find out tonight. But I feel like if Stroud makes it, don't overthink it. It's it's night and day how much better of a passer he is than the other two, in my opinion. And walking off the field at the Combine, you know, everyone's talking about Anthony Richardson's speed and his jumping ability, and he can throw the ball a mile. But the best quarterback on the field that day by far was C.J. Stroud, and, and I went back to that. Now, Bryce Young didn't throw, but I don't think Bryce Young's going to be available. So, if given the opportunity, I went up and got the Ohio State kid. You know, the takes two to tango, and that makes it sound like I'm being defiant on your theory, but you got to figure that there, if C.J. Stroud's available there, is somebody going to be with more assets going to vault in front of Indianapolis at three and make a deal with Arizona? Yeah, that's that's fair. And and I think the team I keep hearing about when I talk to people about the draft that not a lot of people are talking about is Atlanta. Now, yeah. maybe they'd be willing to move up. Now, the other team that scares you is Tennessee because Tennessee, it doesn't seem like they're very high on Malik Willis. We think the Ryan Tannehill training has sort of expired or will in the, in the near future. What are they going to do? And is a division rival going to jump you to get the quarterback you have your eyes on? Now, the sell to Arizona, if you're the Colts, is you're still going to get your guy, right? right. We're not going to take your guy. You're going to get the same exact player. And I think that matters as opposed to going back to eight or ten or whatever. 
But the reality is you're going to have to pay. You're going to have to pay to block somebody out. And Mike Chappell, our buddy, was mentioning yesterday, like, you might, it might cost you a couple of twos. I don't think the Colts want to part with twos. That's been the round where they've done the most damage over the years. We'll see. they got a couple extra fives. But it's not going to be cheap to pay just to block out some teams that might want to move up. Zach, here's one thing that we've we've broken down this all this stuff with you with I mean, with your colleagues a, a billion times, right? So here here's what I want to do just to give people kind of a perspective. I'm going to name we're going to take Bryce Young off off the table because I I think we can unless something seismic happens, Bryce Young is going to go number one to Carolina. Okay, right. So then we'll go Levis Richardson. Um, Stroud, and I'll actually throw Hendon Hooker in there, but we'll we'll table that for a second. So I want when I give you each name, I want you to tell me at their absolute ceiling what player they most remind you of in terms of the career that they could have when it's all said and done. They will look like what player's career when it's all said and done. And I'll begin with Will Levis. Well, if you want to do high ceiling, Jake, it's Josh Allen. It's Josh Allen. He's got that kind of athletic build. Um, he didn't come in with the same accuracy concerns as Josh Allen. But, you know, the more probable sober comparison might be Ryan Tannehill. And that might scare me because I think the other two have a little bit of a different ceiling. Okay, second, Anthony Richardson. So the obvious answer here is Cam Newton. That's yeah. what he's been hearing his whole life. He looks like him. But I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go Donovan McNabb. For those who remember his peak days with the Eagles, he was a stud. And he came in with a little bit of accuracy concerns coming out of Syracuse, played with the great Marvin Harrison. Um, but the reality is I think, I think Richardson might have a higher floor than a lot of people realize simply because what he can do with his feet, with his legs. I mean, this guy had like seven 60-yard runs for touchdowns last year. In the SEC, like that just doesn't happen very often. Um, now, he's got to get better, but I, I would rather attack a guy's footwork than attack his pocket instincts. And I'm not sure how much better those pocket instincts can improve in the NFL. And that's my biggest red flag with Will Levis. Richardson does so much you can't teach. And, and that's going to be a big factor in this decision. And I think, honestly... If, if I'm the Colts, I might let Shane Steichen make the final call. That's not to say they won't have a consensus, but I would lean on the coach who's done it with three different skill sets, who's done it really well. This is why he's here. You hired him, and you gave him a six-year contract. Like, let him work with this guy's footwork and see what he can do with an absolute specimen as a, as a physical football player. Okay, C.J. Stroud. Yeah, that's a hard one. That's a hard one because the knocks are he's too robotic and he didn't run until the end. But if you put on the tape, he was the best player on the field against the best team in college football and the best defense in that Ohio State-Georgia game. So I don't know who – I don't really know. I mean, he's a pocket passer. Eli Manning? Yeah, I mean, but he's way I feel like more people have said Dak Prescott. Yeah, maybe without – yeah, I can see that. But, again, I think he's more mobile than Dak. And yeah. I think he showed that against Georgia. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Did you go through all of them, Jake? Sorry. I, I did. Not, I'm like, well, oh. okay, Hendon Hooker would be the last one. I don't think he's in play for the Colts, to be honest. I just I just, I just, just don't see it. 
Uh, Zach Kiefer's with us here uh, from the Athletic on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Zach, I wanted to shift a little bit to kind of Chris Ballard's thinking. Um, you know, when you look at this offseason so far, I would have called it very normal for Chris Ballard. I mean, he I don't think he did anything in free agency that was that out of the norm for him. I, I guess he gave big money to a kicker, but, I mean, that would maybe be it. The, the offensive moves have been virtually non-existent. Uh, defensively, a couple of things, nothing on the O-line. Um, so now we enter the draft, which is the other big part of the offseason. Obviously, quarterback will be a pick, but I'm curious, and this would be very anti-Chris Ballard, but I'm curious, like, will we see a trade-up out of him? I Maybe it could be, I guess, at four uh, to the mock draft that you did, or you know, maybe at 35, you trade back into round one to get a premium player on a five-year rookie contract. Um, again, Ballard is the king of trading back, but for a guy that has been asked the question now several offseasons in a row about do you need to change your roster-building philosophy, nothing has really changed in free agency. Do you expect anything different in the draft with his philosophy? Yeah, like nothing has changed. And to his point, I do understand it to a degree because this was a pretty mediocre free agent class, and and that's just going to add fuel to his fire in terms of not paying B players A money, right? So I get that. But again, if you look at what they've done, they, they lost a starting linebacker, they lost a starting receiver, they lost a defensive end in Yannick Ngakwe, and they, they didn't really replace him. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie, but like, how much does that do for you? Really? Samson Ebercom? Sure. Good player, plays a run better than, than Yannick, but like, they're, they're, they're really just doubling down on this, this approach and, and this very approach absolutely blew up in their face last year when they decided two spots in the offensive line, they were just going to roll with what they had and hope for the best. 60 sacks was what happened, and you nearly got Matt Ryan killed a couple times. So the reality is that approach hasn't worked. Does he trade up in this draft? Time to do it, man. Like, time to roll the dice a little bit. Um, He is the king of those five-year rookie deals. He likes to get the most value as he can from those lower-priced contracts. But the reality is, they just haven't done that very often. I think they traded up for Jonathan Taylor a couple of spots, which which makes a lot of sense. And maybe they move from four to three tonight. We'll see what Arizona wants. But they've got a lot of holes to fill. And I don't like the right guard spot. I don't love the, the backup tackle position because I don't think they really have one. And, and Ryman's no sure thing. And then secondly, you need receivers. And, and my goodness, do you need cornerbacks? Like, as of tomorrow, if you were starting a game, It'd be Dallas Flowers and Isaiah Rogers, and that's just that's just if you're an imposing quarterback, that's heaven on earth because you're going to attack those guys. So they got a lot of holes to fill, and they really sat out of free agency, like you said, for the most part, except for you know maybe the Matt Gay signing. But um, I don't know. We'll see. But again, I'm a little hesitant to say they're going to trade back up into the first round because what did he tell us on Friday? There's only 17 first round grades on their board. They're not going to force a pick if they don't believe that's a first-round guy. So we'll see. But, you know, everyone's talking about the first-round pick. They do have a really, really high second-round pick, and that's a really valuable pick as well. Zach, somebody just sent me this question via text. I think it's a great question, and it it takes a second to stop and kind of conceptualize it. But do you think Chris Ballard believes in Shane Steichen more than he believes in any of the four quarterbacks in this draft? (laughs) That's great. That's a really good point. He better because... I think the answer is yes, by the way. I think it should be. 
I think it should be, and that's why he's here, and, and I think that's why he might have the final say over Jim Irsay. I really believe that because this is the guy that's going to that's gonna tailor his offense to what this guy does well, and, and the game is shifting, and the way you can scare a defense is shifting. I know Jim Irsay is on board with a running quarterback. He's mentioned to me a couple times in the past couple years having two quarterbacks up on game day that play, one runs and one passes. He feels like, that just adds so much stress to a defense. Now, Has we're he not, not watched Indiana? Right, right. What a wild um, <laughs> But, um, you know, the, the best of both, right, the best of both worlds just might be the kid out of Florida. We'll see. But I do think they're going to have patience with this guy. But, no, that's a really good point. They, they are betting as much as they are on this quarterback. The bet's on Shane Steichen as well. Yeah, that would be where I, my, my bet would lie, the belief in his resume. All right, Zach, we'll, we'll end with this because we know it's going to be a long day for you, a long night for you. Um, I think you have said recently that you think it's Anthony Richardson. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong on that. Um, and maybe that the Will Levis smoke you think is a tad overblown? I'm not buying the Will Levis smoke as much as everybody else. Um, I think if I had to make a decision gun to my head, I think the the odds are it's probably going to be Richardson. But then again, I think it could be any one of the three. It genuinely could be any one of the three. And that's going to be the fun part. And trust me, people inside the building that usually know where this team's going to go with their first pick have no idea. So this is locked down, clamped down. He's not telling anybody. So we're going to find out about 8.15, 8.30 tonight. Zach, which do you think is more realistic as, you know, BS smoke that is being fanned by a team in hopes of influencing things around them? C.J. Stroud dropping or Will Levis rising? I don't buy the Will Levis stuff at all. Like, the Reddit rumors and, like, him going number two or number one, like, I just, I just feel like that's classic draft. BS. Um, I've watched the tape. I just, I just don't see number one pick in that tape. But again, I'm not a draft net. But um, I think CJ Stroud. I think he might be the most interesting player in this draft in this top ten. Because where does he go? Is if he goes past Houston, and someone's willing to draft Anthony Richardson over him, that tells you a whole lot. Because just two months ago, a lot of people would have told you he'd have been the number one pick. So we'll see. Levis could go anywhere from probably, what, 3 to 19? Which one has the greatest fall potential? Of those three, I asked Kevin this earlier, of those three guys, which one, if the Colts bypass on them, has would have then the most precipitous fall after Indianapolis? I would lean Levis. I would lean Levis because I think, the general consensus, which I don't agree with, is that the Colts are higher on Levis than a lot of other teams. But we'll see. I mean, if he's the next Ryan Tannehill, do you need to spend the fourth overall pick on him? Can you get him at 10 or 11 or 12? I think there's a huge difference between picking fourth and picking 10th, right? I just It just feels like you have to have to have to get a premium player at four. But we'll see. But I think it starts at two. And I think the interesting thing that we shouldn't be surprised about is if somebody goes up and draft Anthony Richardson ahead of C.J. Stroud. I don't think that's as much of a surprise today as it would have been three months ago. Gosh, just crazy to think about. All right, Zach, if you can, either play golf or uh, take a nap today. I got to go teach my class, man. Yeah, you and me both. All right, Zach, see you later, man. See you guys.